Hi there. My name's Stephen Walton, and I'm a Formula One fan and a journalist. The other week, I spoke to Jano Trulli, a Grand Prix winner and the eighth most experienced Formula One driver of all time. During his 15 years in Formula One, Trulli drove for manufacturers including Renault and Toyota, scored 11 podiums, and captured a solitary race win in Monaco. Now, what you're about to hear is my full interview with him, but if you're interested in reading more about Jano Trulli, please check out my blog, Formula One Insights. Now, you can find the blog by going to formula1.substack.com. That's formula1.substack.com. I hope you enjoy the interview where Jano Trulli tells all about his rocky relationship with Renault, the troubles at Toyota, and the mistake that ultimately ended his time in Formula One. Now, tell me, um, getting into Formula One, tell me, what, what would you say, first of all, was your most memorable moment from Formula One? Uh, well, of course, uh, I, I spent 15 years in F1, so I have a lot, a lot of memories, good moments, bad moments as well. <clears throat> but uh, in general, the best that everyone uh, reminds is the Monaco and the pole position back in 2004. But this is not the only one. I've done many good races, uh, strong races, uh, where probably the results was not as good as uh, the victory in Monaco. But uh, for me, there were great races, uh, as the one I, I made several times with Toyotas. Mm. Mm. What, what sort of, of those races, I mean, is there any at the top of your mind that, that really stuck out? I think one of... Another very strong good race was uh, second place in Japan in 2009 while racing for Toyota. It was a very, very tough uh, battle with uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, you know, we were basically battling over the lap times for most of the race. I was quicker, but um, uh, the, uh, the green light uh, get out, he, he, was, he jumped in front of me. So basically I was third while uh, Vettel was first and he was pulling away. Uh, I had the pace maybe to match Vettel, <clears throat> uh, but uh, unfortunately I was stuck behind uh, Lewis and uh, uh, we were really pushing hard all the way along uh, the race. And then uh, fortunately I had a good chance by the end of the race uh, uh, to, to get him at the pit stop uh, while he pitted uh, one or two laps before me and I could put two strong quick, lap, uh, quick laps uh, in. And so I was able just after the pit stop to, to, to stay in front of him. And, you know, it was nice, very good battle, very, very hard at the end of the race. We both uh, hug each other because uh, we both felt we were... Uh, you know, really at the limit. Yeah, oh, very cool, very cool. Now, actually, just going back to, to, to Monaco 2004, obviously, um, you know, your one race win in, in Formula One, what was it like standing on top of that podium? Uh, first of all, it was uh, important for me because uh, I was uh, looking for this victory since a uh, long time. I've achieved many podiums but never a victory so uh, for a for a formula one drive for a driver in general it's always important um, to reach the result he, he, he's been dreaming for so uh, that was the top of my career but as well was uh, the moment where uh, all my sacrifices uh, 
came in, into my mind in a, in a couple of seconds. So that's the real thing that I remember from, from that race. Of course, the race was as well tough. One of the lo longest uh, Monaco races because we had uh, several safety cars. It was very intense until the end as Button was chasing me and uh, I, I was leading and I didn't want really make a mistake by the end of the race. So I was keeping my mind cool. Uh, you know, uh, I, I had Fernando Alonso chasing me all the all the race long, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. you know, big part of the race. So, uh, one was one of those races where I really, I think, I deserve a, a win after such a big effort. Yeah, definitely. And how did it feel, you know, considering um, Ferrari and Michael Schumacher were very dominant in 2004, and if you look at the results of the race, it's just you know, it's Michael, 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 and then you, and then a lot of Michael as well. How did it feel winning, considering how dominant Ferrari were that year? Well, that year, basically, as you say, um, Ferrari was dominant. They basically, they were 1-2-0 um, in most of the races. Uh, I believe we had 18 races, and 15 races were won by Ferrari. Mm. Only three races were won by other drivers. Uh, it was me in Monaco. It was, the other one was uh, uh, Kimi Raikkonen in Spa-Francorchamps and the third one was in Brazil from Juan Pablo Montoya, the last race. So, uh, winning in Monaco in that condition uh, felt uh, very special for me because at that stage, Ferrari was totally dominant and no one was capable to, to chase, to, to match Ferrari's pace. And uh, that was the first race where uh, another team with another driver were capable to be in the front. And in fact, uh, uh, me and Fernando, we were competitive all uh, through the weekend. Uh, and of course, uh, it required a perfect weekend to be in front of Michael uh, and Ferrari because uh, they were very strong. But um, I remember that in 2004, uh, our car it was uh, competitive, not, not unlike Ferrari. Uh, not like uh, the Biera Honda, but it was a competitive car. But it was particularly competitive in Monaco because of the characteristic of the car, you know, with uh, good traction, uh, the good torque from the engine. Uh, so this uh, helped a lot, uh, let's say, to, 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 uh, to drive around the Monaco street race. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, now tell me, obviously, I, I guess kind of after Monaco, um, you know, things didn't go too well at Reno and you eventually at the end of 2000 and, um, 2004, you left for Toyota. I mean, just talk me through what really happened at Reno. Well, basically the atmosphere was, wasn't good for me and um, there was a strange uh, situation where my contract was expiring and... Um, they wanted to renew renew me, but at certain condition, the condition I didn't like it very much. We are not talking about money; we're talking about the uh, situation inside the team and the technical side. So at the end of the day, I thought the best for me was to to leave the team because there was no space for me. Uh, I was not welcome in certain way, and so I did. Mm, mm. And, um, I mean, do you have any regrets looking back on that? Obviously, Renault 2005, you know, they won the championship. Alonso won the drivers. I mean, any regrets around that? Well, honestly, no. No regrets. 
because uh, it's a shame that uh, the next year they had uh, the next two years they had uh, a very strong car to win the championship but on the other hand I knew that I didn't there was no space for me and in fact if you look back at what happened it was just Alonso and you know I think uh, Fisichella only claimed uh, two races one in 2005 and one in 2006 so basically there was not much space for a second driver there Mm, mm. So it sounds like you're saying that, that Renault really had a preference for Alonso and were, you know, were, he was the number one and, and any other driver would be number two to him? Uh, you know, that's uh, the way it, it looks like. <laughs> so. yeah, right. Okay, and obviously um, I have to ask about um, France in 2004. I mean, Ruben, Rubens Barrichello overtook you in the final corner of the final lap. Just... Talk me through what, what that race was like for you. That was um, a difficult race for me. I did struggle all, uh, all weekend. I couldn't match uh, Fernando's pace. Uh, it was strange because normally I was always in the front. Uh, but um, that race for me was very hard because uh, the car handling uh, was not the one I wanted. So I did struggle all through the weekend, all through the race. And we all know that uh, Ferrari were much, much quicker than me, than, 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 than us. Uh, even even uh, uh, Fernando, who claimed the pole, couldn't win against uh, the Ferrari or Michael Schumacher. And on the other end, I, I was trying to uh, hold Barrichello behind me for a third position. But um, unfortunately, you know, lap by lap, I was, you know, struggling, struggling, and struggling until Barrichello, Barrichello took me at the very last corner. Uh, that was a shame. It was a mistake for myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, that was one of the lowest points of my career in terms of feeling. But uh, these things happen, uh, especially, especially when you are struggling for, for such a long time. I remember holding Barrichello behind me for a big part of the race. And, you know... Uh, one lap or the other, you can make a mistake. And unfortunately, this happened right at the last lap. Uh, but this was also an experience for me. You know, uh, you, you can only learn from experience. Mm, mm. And I mean, what, what was the team atmosphere like after that? Because obviously, as you talked about, um, you know, it was the atmosphere, as you said earlier, around the contract was a bit tense. I mean, that mustn't have, mustn't have helped that, surely. Well, of course, uh, th that particular uh, situation uh, didn't help me because uh, there were some certain people which they, they really wanted me out of the team. And that was a, a perfect situation, uh, you know, to claim their position. Uh, even though, you know, I've lost a podium, yes, I've lost one position. I haven't lost the race. So uh, if you look back at what happened, yeah, it, it's, it was bad, of course. Uh, but um, it was not a dramatic situation. But um, the way it all happened and the, and the way the team wanted to, to appear was much bigger than what exactly was. Uh, in right. fact, I was also fighting for the driver championship and I didn't want to throw away uh, my position. And unfortunately, Rubens was quicker than me. He, he, he managed to, to put his nose... Uh, uh, next, next to me, and they couldn't really push him out. I just had to to give up. Uh, that's mm. that's the way it is. 
Yeah, okay. So then obviously after Renault, um, you went to Toyota and, and it was, um, I mean, if you look through the results, it, I think it was five seasons with Toyota and uh, a lot of podiums, but never really, I guess, you know, they never took the step up to being championship sort of contenders. I mean, how do you feel about Toyota's time in Formula One? Uh, <clears throat> it was a shame, I would say, because Toyota had everything uh, to, to win races. And uh, we had everything in place, uh, technically and economically and uh, everything. Uh, but unfortunately, there were some, you know, in my opinion, um, some mistakes made. Uh, and technically, we were never able to keep up with the, with the top teams. We were sometimes able to, to deliver good results at the beginning of the season and then not uh, carry over uh, the necessary uh, development project. Uh, mm. Same it happened in 2009 when we started with a quite a good strong car for the first races because we had this uh, double diffuser uh, which only um, the brown GP had yeah, and yeah. Uh, obviously the first races there were podium finish and we were fighting uh, always for the for the victory but the, the, the brown was quicker than us uh, and eventually after a few races uh, everybody else updated the, the diffuser and we, we, we were a little bit uh, behind the rest of the field and then we, we came a little bit back by the end of the season but in general what was missing at Toyota was something really to be at the top of the level. We were always missing something. It's a shame because, uh, you know, for me it was a good, a good memory. Uh, it was not a mistake to go to, to Toyota because in my opinion Toyota had everything to win races. But in Formula One, uh, it's necessary also to change your mind if you want to fight with uh, professional Formula One people, experienced people uh, like we have, like we had uh, with Ferrari, against Ferrari, against uh, McLaren, and, and now Mercedes, and you know, all those people, Williams, all those people, they, they are in the business since long time, so they know, they react very quickly, they know how to do things, and they live to win. Uh, Toyota was uh, really first of everything, and is correct, looking after their image uh, as a manufacturer. But on the other end, they probably they had to probably push their limits a little bit further in order to, to win races. Right, yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, earlier, just, just before you said that um, some mistakes were made with Toyota, what, what did you mean by that? I think they have changed the technical... Uh, uh, had um, in the wrong, the wrong place, wrong time, and it took took a while before uh, you know things get uh, get better because we we start with Gascoigne and Gascoigne after one year was fired and then uh, Pascal Vasseron came in and Pascal at the beginning he didn't have the the experience to to deal immediately with such a big project and eventually improved and then, then you know we proved to be better in 2009 but uh, it was too late because in 2009 yes we were competitive but not enough to win races uh, right. but that was it because Toyota called the day and um, basically 
the project was uh, was stopped. Mm. So is that um, so Gascoigne that you mentioned is? Do you think so? He his leaving was quite um, you know him him not being part of the team was quite uh, bad for the team. The way it, it all happened, I, I'm not I'm not saying it was uh, right or wrong uh, to fire Gascoigne, but uh, in my opinion, is the way they have done it when they have done it. You know, it, yeah. to deal with sort of things in a such complicated business where timing, uh, it's very important uh, in, in, it's not, you know, I, I don't think they've done it correctly uh, in terms of timing and also in terms of uh, replacement. Uh, but that, you know, now it's done. So basically you can argue on what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, results show that probably things didn't work properly. Mm, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, now, I mean, what, what was it like um, partnering Fernando Alonso? Obviously he became a double world champion after you were his teammate. What, what was he like to drive against? Uh, of course, driving next to a champion is, is, is very nice. Uh, he was young. Uh, but it was already very quick, <clears throat> and um, it was uh, it was honestly a good a good atmosphere inside the team as, as far as uh, I could leave it. And um, no, I have good memories, and uh, we were friends, and we were using to to spend a lot of time outside the circuit together. Oh, cool, cool, and. and just kind of building on that, I mean, who would you say was the best driver you ever raced against in Formula One? Would it be Fernando or, or other, you know, Michael? You've driven against Lewis, Hamilton as well. I mean, who, who was the best, do you think? Well, to be honest, it's, it's hard to say, you know, there were a lot of good drivers uh, of my time, a lot of champions, and uh, hard to say who was, was the best. Uh, of course, uh, um, your only good referent is is your teammate because he's the only one who's got you know same car. <laughs> mm, mm. Okay, and then um, so after Toyota, your your last two seasons in Formula One, you're with Lotus, um, who were at the back for those two seasons. And I mean, having thirteen years of experience at that point behind you, I mean, how did it feel? You know, being part of a backmarker team. To be honest, that was uh, my mistake uh, to join the team because uh, they promised many things. They promised improvement, they promised investment, and nothing happened. And already after the one year, I was I was um, very upset about the situation. Uh, you know, this wasn't really what I wanted. I thought there was a, a clear a clear project behind with people investing and looking for. Uh, I won't say victory because I know that when a new team starts, it's always hard, but nothing was done in two years. Basically, they were stuck there and they were just trying to live with what they had. And so, personally, I made a mistake. I should have stayed home <laughs> or choose another thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, just, uh, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, so I've only got a couple more questions. But, um, you know, there's always been talk that you were you were a qualifying specialist, um, and I was just reading um, an Autosport article that that talked about the Trulli train. Um, and I mean, what what do you make of all that? I mean, is there any truth behind it? Do you think? Well, I think there is a lot of truth uh, in the fact that um, I was a you know a qualifying specialist, and 
people hardly could match my lap times in qualifying. I was able to do things that uh, no, no other people would, uh, would do it. And of course, when you start in the front with a car which is uh, uh, not capable to do uh, that for the rest of the race, <laughs> you end up in, uh, in making a train behind you. And uh, at the end of the day, all it says that the other were not capable of doing what I was capable to do. <laughs> this is the real, uh, the real truth. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame yeah. for them because they've been complaining on the fact that uh, uh, many times I was uh, <clears throat> not competitive in the race. But the truth is that uh, when I had a competitive car, I was also capable to start from the back of the race or actually also from the pit and join the podium. So this shows that um, their complaints as as no meaning for me, but they basically were complaining about themselves not being capable yeah. of what I was capable. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, and um, I mean, just looking back on on your entire career, you know, you, you left Renault right before they found success, and then spent a lot of years at Toyota with, um, you know, a car that could kind of sometimes compete, but was never, you know, never a, a car that took a race win, and then. Obviously, Lotus, um, as you said, you know, promised a lot more than what they could deliver. I mean, looking back on your career, do you feel you've been quite unlucky? Or, well, I believe <clears throat> that as a person, I was lucky considering where I was coming from. I could never imagine to uh, be a Formula One driver, uh, given my family situation, and so I think I did the best, which. Uh, uh, the condition uh, was given to me. Uh, on the other hand, I believe that uh, probably I deserved a better um, opportunity in, in F1. Uh, but unfortunately, this is what I had. I have tried to do the best with what I had. And uh, you know, I cannot really complain, uh, as, uh, as I say, considering where, uh, where I was, where I was coming from. Uh, I think I uh, was a very lucky guy. Unfortunately, in Formula One, you need to be at the right place at the right moment. Uh, if you look back at what happened to many drivers, they were champion when they were in the right car. And then eventually, some people like Fernando Alonso, they, they, they even struggled to qualify or they even struggled to be in the midfield when they didn't have a good car. So that's a little bit the true of the motorsport. And... Um, I don't consider myself. I don't want to consider myself unlucky. I, I, I only say that probably I deserve a better uh, opportunity, a better chance in in, in my career. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, this is what happened, and I have uh, to live with it. Mm, mm, okay. And just the final question here. Then you you drove for quite a few teams during your time. I've got Minardi, Prost, Jordan, Renault, Toyota, and Lotus. I don't think I've missed any there. I mean, what one was what one was your favorite and why? Well, I don't really have a favorite. Uh, of course, Minardi was nice because uh, the call for a Formula One came unexpected, and so I I basically uh, debuted uh, back in 1997 uh, in F1 at the Australian Grand Prix. And only one year earlier, I was still racing a go-kart. So uh, this is something, something that no one really take in consideration. But my career was one of the <laughs> shortest in terms of uh, jumping from one series to another. Uh, 
uh, was a very, sh uh, let's say, very short uh, uh, time to learn because mm -hmm. that was the only opportunity I had. Uh, but my, my time at Minardi was nice. Uh, I spent good time also at, uh, at Prost, uh, learning a lot, especially from, from Alain. Uh, very good atmosphere and very good relationship with Eddie Jordan. Uh, I would say with Renault, uh, people in general were nice, but um, management was difficult to handle. Uh, so I had a lot of pressure from the top uh, of the management for no reasons. So it was uh, a, a little bit difficult to live in there, in that situation. And then at Toyota, it was, you know, five years where I spent very good time. I have, have had nice people around me, mechanics, you know, people supporting me. And they were all, we were always, you know, trying to do our best. And we, we gave, I gave Toyota the first uh, podium, first position, almost uh, a first win. So... I was the one who basically took Toyota by hand and took it to the top. Uh, unfortunately, I missed, uh, I missed the win. But uh, Toyota times were very nice for me. Thank you for listening. As I said at the top of this podcast, you can read more about Yano Trulli on my blog, Formula One Insights, which you can find by going to formula1.substack.com. That's formula1.substack.com. Thanks very much.